This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. 2 Kings 2 verse 1 says it came to pass, and it came to pass when the Lord would take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here, or wait, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to stop right there. I want to talk to you this morning with the Lord's help. Preach just a little while about pursuing, pursuing God's best. We uh, don't have a book in our Bible called the book of Elijah. But nonetheless, he is the great prophet in the word of God. We, we have no writings of his as we know it, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. But uh, certainly Elijah is a very important uh, man in God's plan for this time of history. We see an anointing upon him, a powerful boldness that was on Elijah. But yet we also know that there was a sensitivity and a battle in Elijah as well as he sought to do God's will in a day when so many hearts were hard. I've seen that in folks, and, and we've dealt with that recently, how people that want to do more for God, but, but, but the disappointment and the hurt that... A child of God feels when he allows God to use him, maybe doesn't see quite the results that he wants to see, and maybe feels the, the hatred and the persecution of a generation, it can be difficult. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I've had people call and very broken at times saying, I, it's so hard to be hated when you're reaching out to people you love and trying nothing more than to, to let them experience the blessings of God and the help of God. Amen. Elijah was a man like this. He was a man that could see fire come down out of heaven. But the Bible also tells us, rest assured, when you read these things, uh, you know, you think of men like Moses and Elijah and, and others in the Bible, and you think of, uh, of superheroes. You think of, uh, of men and women that, that just had, had a little more than maybe, maybe you and I. But James clears that up, doesn't he? He said, Elijah, when he, when he gets done talking about the effectual, fervent prayer, you hear me this morning? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He goes on and says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions, the King James Version says. Subject to like passions such as we. You know what that means? He felt the same things we feel. You say, wow, he did so good because he doesn't have to fight the battles I fight. 
Bible says we've all got a devil we're fighting. It's not strange that we ought to think of something strange when we face the fiery trials of our faith. It's no temptation that's taken us. That's not common to man. The devil fights us all. We just got to learn how. But the Bible says he goes on and says he prayed. He prayed and it rained not. And he prayed. And so Elijah's strength wasn't in Elijah and in his constitution uh, of what kind of man he was. You couldn't look at Elijah and say, you know, Elijah, you're a better man than I am. No, he was a man just like you and I, but he knew how to pray. He knew how to touch God. He knew how to get what he needed from a God who's faithful. Amen. That's what every one of us needs. We just need to learn how to get what we need from God. Amen. Elijah was a great man of God, and we see great miracles done in his lifetime and great, great boldness in his life. But Elijah was also a man who who mentored and shepherded others and tried to help them have God's best in their life. Elijah was not a man who was just an island to himself. I had heard preachers years ago preaching about how Elijah was just a man that that he was rough and he wasn't a people person. And, and, and you know, can I, can I just, just be real here and just tell you that obnoxious people like to try to justify it somehow and act like, well, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Bless God. I just, well, you know, we got to think about God and we got to worry about God. But, but that doesn't mean that we can just justify any kind of behavior based on that. we got to care for people as well. Amen. So Elijah was not just this hard man out in the wilderness somewhere, but, but you can see him mentoring and discipling. And, and you'll see these in the Word of God that it talks about the sons of the prophets that he was connected with and dealing with them. And, and, and it broke his heart to, to feel the loneliness. The Bible talks about how he said, just take my life, I'm the only one. But he wasn't the only one. So Elijah spent time reaching out and, and ministering and helping. I believe every one of us has that call on our life. Every one of us needs to have help and strength and leadership, and every one of us needs to be a leader and be a help to whoever we can. Amen. And seek to have that balance in our lives of, uh, of being a help and having that help and, and leading and following. It, it's just an amazing way God has his church set up. Amen. But we see specifically a man who steps out from the crowd of these sons of the prophets, a man named Elisha. And as Elijah has, as in Paul's language, finished his course, Elijah is getting ready to move off the scene. And we understand by reading this chapter that it wasn't a mystery. I guess God had somehow revealed that the time was coming that Elijah was going to be taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. Praise the Lord. I don't know how many people are, are in a hurry to get to heaven, but if you knew God was going to take you up in a whirlwind today, praise God, you'd say, go ahead and do it, Lord. Amen. So Elijah is getting ready to finish his course and cross the finish line. And we see Elisha with him at that time. They're in a place called Gilgal. How many with me so far? Somebody say Gilgal. They're in this place called Gilgal, and Elijah says, you just stay here, wait here, tarry here with the rest of these guys, and uh, I'm going to head on, praise God, I'm going to head on to Bethel. 
Elisha steps out from the crowd and says, I'm, I'm going where you're going. I am going to follow you as long as the Lord is alive. Well, that's going to be a while. And as long as you're living, I'm going to follow you. He's got a made-up mind. I'm not staying here in Gilgal. I'm going to move on with you. And wherever you go, I'm going to follow you. Let's look at this just a little bit closer now. This, This place called Gilgal was very significant in the history of Israel. Gilgal was a place where those that came out of Egypt with Moses... Many of them were, were born in that wilderness experience. And many of them that came out of Egypt and were heading toward the promised land. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. They're heading toward the promised land. But Gilgal was a place where God said there needs to be dedication in the camp of Israel. You might have came out of Egypt. You may have followed Moses you may be eating all the, the, the spiritual manna and drinking, but there is a need for dedication in the camp of Israel. And Gilgal was a place, the Bible says, that where Gilgal means rolled away. What was rolled away that day was the reproach, the shame of the sin of Egypt on many that came out of Egypt, but never really got it out of their lives. Some of them somehow got out of Egypt and were following uh, Moses, but they had never really partaken of the covenant that they needed to be taken part in. And God said, right here, right now, we're dedicating, we're surrendering, we are, are, are making sure everybody is real and right and a part of God's covenant. Amen. It's significant in the life of a child of God that we're not just coming to church, we're not just going through the motions, but that there is a very real dedication in our lives. I know folks say, well, there's hypocrites in church. I know folks say, well, but listen, God's got a people that have made up their minds. I'm not just here. I'm living this. I love this. I walk this. It's my covenant that I have with God. Can anybody say amen? It's a place of dedication. It's a place of personal surrender. It's a place that everybody had to make the commitment and say, I'm not part of Egypt. I'm not like the Egyptians. I'm a child of God, and this is mine. And that's good. And that's right, and that's necessary. But Elijah said, we're not just going to stay here in Gilgal. We're going to move on to a place called Bethel. Now, Elisha said, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. They head to Bethel. Praise God. How many know what Bethel means? House of God. Praise the Lord. A lot of good folks, a lot of dedicated folks, a lot of people that, that are serious about God. But, you know, there, there's a special challenge, can I say, when you come to the house of God and not only love God and you desire to be fed, desire to be a strength and desire to be discipled, but, but you've got other people and their quirks and their shortcomings and their battles and and, and the body has got to be working together with one another. And, and I know folks that are, that are as strong as can be until they get around somebody else. And it doesn't seem like their strength is really all, all too, too, uh, too awesome. Can I tell you, Bethel was a place where Jacob 
knew that the presence of God was. And he said, this is the house of God. This is a, a, a fearful place. This is a place where, where I feel trembling in my spirit. But uh, God spoke to him. God renewed some things in him as well at some time. But can I tell you, that there, there's, a, there's a need for personal dedication, but there's also a need for us to have an experience that binds us together with the body, that nourishes us, that the sheep are fed and strengthened. Can anybody say amen? That we understand our place not only in receiving from God in the house of God, but saying, God, I, it's my gifts and my, my ability. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a help and to be established and, and be a part of what God is doing locally. Amen. Hey, we're a part of a body that is, that is global. I understand that. We've got a universality of the, the, the God is, is in, in all around the world. He's got his people right where he wants them. But together, praise the Lord, God's work and doing a great work. Amen. Amen. And that is not always easy. In fact, sometimes it's very difficult. And you might say, I can live for God better without a lot of folks. God's work can't get done a lot better without a lot of folks. So I can work for God and I can do this. Not, not as good when we're bound together. Amen. Two are better than one. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen. God's got a way for us to, to, to by the Holy Ghost be orchestrated to do, have an impact for the Lord in this day. Amen. But we've got to, got to do God's will. Got to, got to have a revelation of Bethel. Amen. The importance of being fed and tempered into the body of Christ. Second Kings 2. Somebody say Gilgal. Dedication. Then they went from Gilgal to Bethel. Somebody say Bethel. The house of God. Hallelujah. Second Kings 2 verse 4. Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here. I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. Somebody say Jericho. I almost brought the whiteboard up so everybody could just, I could write it down and let everybody take a, take a look at it. I want everybody to get this and hear this because we got, we're going somewhere. We're walking with these folks and we're going somewhere. So they're coming from Bethel, and he says, you wait here, Elisha. Lord's sending me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets were at Jericho, came unto Elisha, said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold thy peace. I don't know how polite that phrase is in the original language, but you get the idea that he's not open for discussion. Amen. We'll get to that in a little bit. So now they've gone from that place of that is symbolic of dedication on to the house of God. And now they, they are growing in this. They're moving forward. They're moving upward to a place called Jericho. Jericho was the battlefield. Oh, I know there weren't swords swung. I know there weren't uh, clashing with shields and arrows being lobbed over. It was just marching and, and shouting unto the Lord. It was obedience unto God is what it was. It wasn't necessarily the shout as it was the uh, just being able to be led by God when the enemy was encamped right there. Walls were high. But you know what? That was the very first battle of the Israelites when they were coming into the promised land and God gave them victory. Thank God for folks that have been established in the house of God. Can you fight some battles? Can you learn now to be engaged in a warfare? Can you learn how to endure some hardness like a good soldier? Amen. 
There's this growth that goes on in a child of God where too many folks are satisfied and too many ministries are enabling that to where they can just be little babies that, that never really even learn to take care of themselves. But God has a, has a plan for His people to go on and be everything that He's called us to be. God's called us to be more than conquerors. God called us to be overcomers. We're going to have to learn how to pray through some hard times and not give up. We've got to learn how to claim some promises and hold on when everything seems to come against us. Learn how to have hope when it seems like hope has been taken from us. This is the kind of Bible we have. This is what we understand when God's people are marching on. Hallelujah. When God's people have victory in their lives, they're going to come against some things. They're going to work against some, some hard times. And, but thank God greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Thank God we can't have the victory, but we got to learn how to fight. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we go from Jericho, 2 Kings, the second chapter, verse 6. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. Somebody say Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. Oh, this is, a, this is a map of a child of God, the progression of a life of a child of God. I'm not staying, staying stagnant in God. I'm not satisfied with what, what's happening today. There's more. There's higher heights. There's blessings. Amen? And the Bible says here I'm, that 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it up together and smote the waters. They divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. They went from Gilgal. They went on to, to uh, Bethel. Then they went to Jericho, the place of battle. And now they go to Jordan. How many remember us talking about Jordan? How Jordan was, was a, a crossing over into a life of spiritual maturity. A life that says, I'm no longer a slave. I'm not just a wanderer. I'm going to go into this promised land, and I'm going to live a life. I am going to build an inheritance and a a, a family and a life and a job, and I'm going to live and be everything God's called me to be. I'm going to live in the blessings of God. I'm going to defend it against every attack of the enemy. I'm I'm going to have my plot of land that God gave me, and I'm going to live for God the best way I know how. Amen? Jordan was a place that they were going on to spiritual maturity. They've got their dedication in place. They've got their established place in the house of God. They've got their 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 victory in battle. They know how to fight and, and win the, the, the things that come against us day by day as the enemies fight us. And they're going to live in a life of spiritual maturity. Listen now. Elisha all the way is being told, just go ahead and stay here. Just go ahead and wait here. Just, just, just you'll be fine. Just, just, just I'm going to move on. You stay here. And Elisha said, listen, wherever you go, I'm going. I, I've, something's going on there. When, you know, all along the way we see these sons of the prophets. And we, we said earlier how, how they would come and talk to Elisha and say, don't you know? Don't you understand? We've got a revelation. We've heard from God. 
we, we know something is going on. And they were right. Elijah was going to be taken out in the whirlwind, right? And they knew that. And they knew it. And, and they talked about it. And they were satisfied with just being able to do that. They had this satisfaction in their the place where they were to say, I, I know some more than, than maybe that this, 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 these carnal folks out here. I, I, I understand some spiritual truths. But they were just satisfied to be able to know about it and talk about it. But Elisha pursued. Elisha pursued more. Elisha was different because he wasn't satisfied to just sit back and say, I know what's going on. There's something in him that couldn't, there, there's something in him that could not be held back. There's something in him that needed to grow, needed to go on, needed to, to pursue the best that God had for him. Amen. Praise God. Not, not satisfied with, with just uh, knowing about it. Not satisfied with just hearing about it. Not satisfied with stories about it. I've got to keep growing and going on. Just like Paul said, I've, I've not attained what I need. I keep pressing toward the mark. I don't have just everything I want, but I've got to forget the things that are behind and keep reaching and keep growing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Elisha pursued and Elisha could not be held back. Elisha heard them talking and said, you just hold your peace. You just be quiet. I don't, I'm not satisfied sitting around talking about it. I'm not satisfied. A lot of folks, and I say this with boldness because, uh, you know, I've, I've lived it. I've done that. I've, I've had the times where it's just so easy to step back and, and talk about what needs to be done and talk about what should be and talk about all the, the problems. It's, it's, you know what? It's so easy to do. It's so easy to say it. It's another thing to get behind the work and shoulder a burden and, and push. Amen. I, I, know, I know what I'm talking about because it, it, the, the idea of being the critic and you may know and you may be right, but, but to be satisfied there is, is so petty and so empty. Amen. To be, but to be able to say, no, I'm going to go on. I'm going to do more. I'm going to, I'm going to press. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue God's best. Amen. Not just going to talk about what needs to be done. I'm going to live this. Amen. And he couldn't be dissuaded. He could not be discouraged. Elijah himself said, just stay here. No, I'm not staying here. I, I, I know there's times in the Bible, these prophets, they told you to do something. It was just, you know, live or die. There's times where they were asked to do something very simple. Now, I, I don't think I can do something like that. Okay, a lion's going to come out of the woods and kill you on the way home. Have a good day. And that would happen. But I, I read those kind of stories with men like Elijah and other great prophets that that these things happened, I feel like it was very obvious to Elisha that it was like, you know, you can, like that the option was there. You can stop here if, if that's where, where your heart is. He said, no, I'm, I'm not satisfied. I, I know we're living in a difficult day. I know we're living in a day where hearts are hard. And, and, and as I said earlier about the, the critics, it's, a, it's no, no shortage, no shortage of those that know and those that talk. But, uh, you know, Elisha could not be held back. You shouldn't have to be begged to live for God. You shouldn't have to be begged to do more for God. You shouldn't have to be begged to, 
to, to be what God wants you to be. There ought to be a hunger. If you really get a hold of God's Holy Ghost, there's, there's a hunger. And just like a, like a, a child, I believe. I don't, I don't believe there's any, any baby that's healthy in their mind that doesn't come to an age and say, you know what, I don't need that blanket for security anymore. I don't need that pacifier. I'm a, I want to be a man. I want to be a woman. I want to, I want to someday have a job. I want to have a home. I want to have a family. I want to have a car. I want to, I want to grow. I want to be. Amen? There's something wrong with somebody who wants to stay with the childish things of this world. There ought to be something that looks up and say, I want to be more. I want to fulfill what God has put in me. You don't have to beg people to grow in God. The kind of what I've always called a welfare mentality that just says, give me, give me. I don't want to work for anything. I don't want to do for anything. I don't want to have to deal with anything. Just you, you owe me, and I'm mad if I don't get things on time and now and, and enough of it and let somebody else work for it. I see that in this country, and it's angering because I see it in the spiritual aspect of church today where there is a laboring that it takes to get things done. There is a burden. There is a fighting. There is a, a prayer that, 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 that overcomes and, 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 and tears, praise God. You shouldn't have to beg people to live for God. I remember a preacher years ago. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this message. I, I, I know he was being very hard and calloused. And, and, and you know, I, I don't believe so much exactly how he said it or even what he said, but I understand the sentiment of it. He said, you know, you'd think you think you, you read some of the Bible and how the Bible says it. You ought to put a wall up around the altar if they really want it. Make them climb over it to get to it. Then you find out. And can I tell you what? That sounds silly, but the truth is somebody who's going to be saved is going to be saved no matter what. Elijah said, just go ahead and stay back now. That's not going to happen. Amen. You're going to be saved. Can I tell you, that's what the end times are. Amen. That's what great tribulation is. Exactly. Though that you say, well, there's no way. I'll never, never, never take a mark. I'll never, never, never just uh, follow the things of, uh, of evil and antichrist. I'm telling you, when things start shaking and things get tough and and uh, money's hard to come by, and you'd be surprised how many people really take the first chance they can to to walk away and, and take an easy path. But I, I hear stories of people in other countries that their taxes in there on this time of year are extra. They don't get a tax break because they gave to the, to the things of God. They have to pay penalties because they're living in a pagan land or a Roman Catholic land. And, and uh, praise the Lord. Can you imagine penalties to live for God? Can you imagine laws and legislations against living for God? Find out who's really serious about serving God. Praise God. But I want to tell you, Elisha could not be held back. You didn't have to beg him. 2 Kings 2, verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee. Ask what I shall do before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. I'm looking at you, looking at what God is doing in your life. I want that and, and every bit more than I can have. 
I'm not looking to get by. I'm not looking for the least possible that I can get through the gates of heaven. I want, I want a double portion of what I see in your life. How exciting is that? Not only is that exciting because he, he wanted that much from God, but thank God for a man of God that had a life that he could say uh, somebody wanted what he had and even double that. Verse 10 said, he said, thou hast asked a hard, th- asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass that as they still went on and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. Oh, hallelujah. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. I'm going to save time and not just continue to read on through this chapter. But we understand that Elisha saw it happen and God allowed, God uh, had respect to his request and gave him that anointing that he needed. I want to take a few more moments before we end this and look at Elisha from this point on. Because after Elijah, Elisha receives what he was seeking for, we understand that. I, I think it's amazing that the Bible records exactly twice as many miracles that Elijah did. If you go through and catalog and count every miracle that Elijah did and go ahead and count up all the, excuse me, the miracles that Elisha is, is recorded in, it's, it's amazing how it's exactly twice. But, you know, there's great miracles. There's powerful things. There's the raising of the dead of a Shunammite woman's son. There's the healing of Naaman. Anybody remember Naaman had to dip seven times in Jordan? And God heals him of leprosy. But as I read the next couple chapters of Elisha's journey, these, these, the, the healing of Naaman just is amazing. The uh, healing of the, the raising of the dead boy is just fantastic. But something here just really, to me, just is, is just exciting. Praise God. Later on, right after this, in the same chapter, he comes into town and there's people. There's a group of people and there's, it's, it's, there's no water. The ground is barren. They're suffering, trying to figure out what to do to get water in the land. Elijah comes. Elisha, rather. I'm sorry. Elisha comes, prays and and works and, and does what God tells him to do. And now all of a sudden there's springs of water. An area that was dry and barren, now full of springs of water. Can you imagine the rejoicing, the excitement that, that once we were thirsty, now, now we've got water, now we're blessed. He goes on and there's a widow woman that has an unpaid debt. She's afraid that they're going to come and press her son into servitude to pay off her debt. He says, bring in the empty, empty vessels. We're going to, we're going to bring oil and take your oil that you have and, and it's going to multiply and borrow vessels and pour oil and there's more and more and more and more and the oil just keeps coming because he prayed. There's so much oil. He goes, go out and sell all that oil and meet the need. In one area, there's, there's uh, uh, springs of water. Another area, there's, there's oil that's just multiplied so that a widow woman has an unpaid debt now paid. 
He goes to another area. There's, there's, there's men that are, that, that are gathering together some things to make a stew and somebody grabs the wrong kind of root and throws it into the pot of stew and, and all of a sudden everybody's starting to get deathly sick. Anybody remember the story? There's death in the pot. They're being poisoned. He comes and puts a little meal in that pot, and now it's made well. Go ahead and, and eat that. That's going to be fine. Everybody's healed. Everybody's fine. Every, everybody's fed. There's another place where there's a man who's uh, cutting down some, some trees, and, and uh, what, a, what a neat miracle that goes on here. And, and he's swinging this axe, and the axe head flies off the handle into the, into the water. And the man starts lamenting and crying and saying, I borrowed this thing. What am I going to do? I, I owe my friend a new axe. And, and he said, where did, it, where did it fall in? Oh, right over there somewhere. And Elisha picks up a stick and kind of throws it in there with a prayer, I'm sure. And that axe head comes swimming through that water to the land. He can pick it up, put it back on the axe head and finish it. I read these miracles of the axe head and the pot of meal people were fed with and the the oil that the debt was paid with and the the ground that was healed and the springs of water came out of that barren ground. Can I just say this in closing? That when this man pursued, Elijah pursued God's greatness in his life, God's best in his life, he became a blessing everywhere he went. He he just he he was just what was needed at the time, yes, there were phenomenal miracles, like a like a healing of that that uh, of Naaman of leprosy and the, the raising of that dead. And I don't know how, how God will will work in this last day, but can I tell you, just a, a, a widow that needs prayer, a a. a a pot of meal that needs needs uh, uh, something that's going to take the poison, whatever it was. Can I tell you, that's just the way Jesus is, and that's just the way the church should be, to be a blessing. To just be praying here, praying about this situation, helping here, working here. When we go where God wants us to go, not self-centered, not self-focused, not it's all about what I need, but how can I help? How can I bless? How can I be a blessing to those around me? That's a life of a child of God. That's what the church needs to be. That's how Jesus is. Amen. Went from personal dedication in Gilgal to the house of God in Bethel. Went to a place of establishment in the house of God on to Jericho, a place of fighting the battles and overcoming and in obedience to God. Went on to Jordan, all the way into everything God wanted him to be. And God allowed him through the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be a blessing. Right there in his hometown. A blessing meeting the need wherever God led him. What about you? What about you right there in the job? What about you right there in the home? So the enemy this year gotten you focused, so focused on the problems that you're facing, that, that most of your life is consumed with God. Help me, work with me, give me victory, rather than saying, God, there's a need here. Help me to meet that need. Help me to be a blessing. Help me to to strengthen, help me to build, help me to, Lord, to be just like you. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Yes, Sister Abby, to come to the music.
It's a journey. It's a walk that takes us step by step, just right where God wants us to be. But we can't just settle down, settle in and say, no more. I'm satisfied right where I am. God's got a blessing. God's got a help. Oh, Jesus. Can we all stand? And He wants you to be. He wants you to have that anointing in your life more than what you can be by yourself. You might look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not anybody. I I don't have anything to offer. Just give yourself to God and don't quit. Don't don't let up. Don't be satisfied to talk about, to know about, be a doer, be a laborer. He's a pursuer of God's best. Hallelujah. Reach out, reach, reach out more than ever before. Say, God, help me. Help me to look at my life today, God. To be everything, everything you've you've planned for my life. Can we gather around? We come and pray. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, God. Red Jesus is my plea. Hey!
walking close to Thee. Oh, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. presence here, Lord. Thank you for your help. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one of your people. God, bless each and every one. God, continue to work in us. Continue to work through us. Bless the service tonight, Lord. We ask you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen.